welcome to the Italian Wine Podcast. This episode is brought to you by Vinitali International Academy, announcing the 24th of our Italian Wine Ambassador courses to be held in London, Austria, and Hong Kong from the 27th to the 29th of July. Are you up for the challenge of this demanding course? Do you want to be the next Italian Wine Ambassador? Learn more and apply now at vinitaliinternational.com. Welcome to Jumbo Shrimp Wine Study Maps. We have specially created this free content for all our listeners who are studying for wine exams. This has been a journey of development since Stevie Kim discovered Rosie Baker's hand-drawn maps on Instagram through two years of work by our in-house editorial and graphics team, and now the maps are available to purchase in beta form while they undergo the final proofing and editing by our expert advisory board. It's a three-layered project because we know everyone learns differently. We now offer the complete box set of 39 maps, this series of podcasts with the maps narrated by our crack team of wine educators, and finally, the study guide book, which will be published later this year. Our map project is in no way a substitute for the material set out by other educational organizations, but we hope all the wine students out there will find our map project a new, exciting, and useful tool for learning. For more information and to buy the maps, please visit our website at mamajumboshrimp.com. Welcome to the Jumbo Shrimp Wine Study Maps podcast. In this episode, we'll be looking at France an overview of what to expect when you start studying the key wine regions of France. First off, let's have a look at labelling in France. So France uses the geographic indications of the EU, so the PGI-PDO system. But of course, like many European countries, it also uses its own labelling terms within the PGI-PDO system, and these are what you are more likely to see on the labels. For example, at the PGI level, you will see IGP, so the Indication Géographique Protégée. But you might also see Van de Pé. This is particularly common in the southern area of France. Now, once we take a step up into these PDO areas, so with much stricter controls on things like grape variety, yield, winemaking, now we begin to see the Appellation Controlée, so the AC or AOC on the labels. France being a really large country, in addition to the Appellation Controlée on the labels, you will often find villages named or crews or the terms Premier Cru or Grand Cru. We'll dive into those in a little bit more detail when we get to the individual areas because each of them has a slightly different way of labelling their wines and therefore a slightly different way that these appear. France is a country with lots of different climatic influences, therefore we have a full range of climate types here. So for recap, closer to the coast where we have this Atlantic Ocean influence, so for example in the Nantes, in the Loire Valley, in Bordeaux, we have a maritime climate. So these are climates characterized by cool to moderate temperatures and low annual difference between the average summer winter temperatures. So low continentality. Rainfall also tends to be spread evenly across the year. This means that you might get rainfall during harvest, for example, which is something you need to consider when you're thinking about your natural and human factors. It's also something you need to consider when connecting the climate with the grape varieties you might find there and issues with ripening. As we get into more central France, thinking about areas such as 
Alsace or Burgundy into the Dordogne, these are areas that are continental. So they have high continentality. This is a large difference between the coldest and the warmest months. They also have short summers and a large temperature, this really quick temperature drop in the autumn. These are areas that are at great risk of things like spring frost. Again, something you need to be connecting with the grape varieties that are grown here and the impact that this might have on flowering. Therefore, it's best suited to grape varieties that bud late and ripen early. Something we'll be diving into in a little bit more detail when we talk about Burgundy. As we get closer to the Mediterranean, we have, you might have guessed it, Mediterranean climates. These are also, like maritime climates, areas with a low difference between the average temperatures in the growing season, so in the summer and then in the winter. However, the summers tend to be warmer than those in maritime climates, and they have extra warmth and extra sunlight in general. So you might see higher alcohol levels, maybe a little bit lower acidity. And again, something to consider when thinking about what grape varieties might ripen in these areas. We're going to dive into the grape varieties that are specific to each region as we cover the maps for those regions. However, it is worth noting at this point that France is famous for the so-called international varieties. So these are varieties that are grown around the world in various styles. For example, we're thinking about Chardonnay, Merlot, Cabernet Sauvignon, Pinot Noir, even Sauvignon Blanc now. And one of the reasons that these have been carried around the world is because of the success of the premium wines in France and the styles that have been copied around the world. However, it's not just these international varieties that are grown in France. France has lots of other different varieties that are not to be dismissed and that are very specifically connected to places. For example, when we think about Bordeaux, we're also going to be talking about Semillon and Muscadel. When we get to Burgundy, it's not just Chardonnay and Pinot Noir that are grown here, but also Gamay and Aligote. Loire is the home of things like Chenin Blanc, of Cabernet Franc, of Melon de Bourgogne. Into Bordeaux, not just Merlot, Cabernet Sauvignon, you shouldn't forget that there is also Cabernet Franc and Petit Verdot down here, adding specific characters to the blend. And of course, as we get into the Rhone, we'll be thinking about things like Syrah, Grenache, also Viognier. Into the southwest, we have Cot, which is the French term for Malbec, and Tanat. And then right down in this southern area of France, along the Mediterranean, we have the addition of things like Picpoul and Mouvedre. Join me in the next episode as we start taking a closer look at some of the specific regions and the things that you need to be considering when studying them. Three maps about Bordeaux. Before we take a really close look at the differences between the left and right bank Appalachians of Bordeaux, it's a good idea to get a broad picture of the area. Bordeaux is a region in the southwest of France, close to the Atlantic Ocean. It's the largest Appalachian by volume and value, and 90% of the wines here are red, most of which are blends. We also find incredibly prestigious, long-lived sweet wines from the Appalachian of Sauternes. 
There are lots of things going on in Bordeaux, so lots of potential for questions about winemaking, about blending, because of things like the weather influence. It's a moderate maritime climate, which is highly variable. You can get lots of different levels of rainfall and humidity, both throughout the year and between different years. There are warm ocean currents that extend the growing season into October, but there are occasional spring frost and misty autumn conditions can lead to noble rot, this positive fungus, that botrytis cinerea that is really beneficial for sweet wines. However, because of this moisture, there is the potential for rot. Given all of these variables and also huge vintage variation, there is a lot of focus on blending of varietals here. This is also a little bit dependent on the soils, which we will dive into in more detail in the specific areas. But needless to say, these soils help or hinder ripening in certain grape varieties, which means there's a real focus on which grapes can come from which area and the blending of grapes so that you can protect against this vintage variation. Speaking of blending in grape varieties, let's look at those varieties. So really in Bordeaux, there is a lot of focus on the red wines and therefore the black grape varieties. Merlot is the most widely planted here, particularly important in the wines of the right bank. Cabernet Sauvignon is the second most widely planted and is most associated with the left bank. Although, they are blended in both. We'll get into that in more detail in the next episode. In addition to Merlot and Cabernet Sauvignon, we also have Cabernet Franc. This is also widely used in the right bank area of Saint-Emilion. Then we have a little bit of Petit Verdot. This is normally used to add spice to wines and is very difficult to grow because it needs a lot of heat. Now there are also white wines of Bordeaux, both dry and sweet. Here, the focus really on Sauvignon Blanc and Semillon blends. Sauvignon Blanc being aromatic and naturally high in acidity, giving perfume and acidic structure to the blends. The other white grape here is Semillon, which adds body and richness to the blends and is also very susceptible to noble rot, which is ideal for the production of sweet botryatized wines, specifically in Sauternes and Montbaziac. Speaking of grapes here, Bordeaux is a great example of why we shouldn't consider machine harvesting as a negative thing. This is one of the things we really need to consider is the reasons behind it, not whether or not it is, quote, good or bad. Bordeaux is very flat, therefore it's easy and fast and efficient to machine harvest the grapes, specifically when you don't need the stems for tannic structure. There is also a considerable amount of money in this region, therefore technology is easy to come by, so you can optically sort your grapes as they come into the winery. This means that you can machine harvest but still be incredibly selective with your grapes as they come in just reinforcing the fact that machine harvest wines can be very premium and lead to great selection of grapes. Winemaking techniques here are often connected to tannic profile and ageability. So we have lots of use of oak to add complexity, spice and flavour, particularly new oak to add very intense clove, cinnamon, nutmeg, toast and smoke. 
and also used for extended aging of wines, just softening and integrating tannin, acid and flavour. As if Bordeaux didn't have enough complexity and the things we need to talk about, there are also varying classifications here depending on which area you are looking at. Don't worry, we'll tackle each of those in the next couple of episodes as we think about the right bank and left bank separately and really focus on the blends in those areas. So join me in the next episode as we take a deep dive into the left bank wines of Bordeaux So wines broadly focused on Cabernet Sauvignon dominated blends. Are you enjoying this podcast? Don't forget to visit our YouTube channel, Mama Jumbo Shrimp, for fascinating videos covering Stevie Kim and her travels across Italy and beyond, meeting winemakers, eating local food, and taking in the scenery. Now back to the show. left bank of Bordeaux map. As I mentioned in our Bordeaux overview, Bordeaux is actually a very large area, but we can make it easy to study by separating it into its smaller areas and really focusing on this split between right and left bank, which is why today we're going to be focusing on the left bank, which are commonly the Cabernet Sauvignon dominated wines. Now, before we get into the specific winemaking and areas and soil types and everything that you need to know, let's take a quick look back at the Bordeaux Appalachians. So first up, we have this regional Appalachian of Bordeaux. This covers wines that are made with grapes from all over the region. But broadly speaking, what this means is wines made from Merlot. This is because Merlot grows very easily and therefore it's easier to put these grapes into Bordeaux Appalachian wines. Now, within this regional Appalachian, there is a step up of Bordeaux Superior. This is stricter Appalachian rules and particularly higher levels of alcohol, so higher sugar potential in the grapes, normally meaning that the grapes for these wines, although still Merlot dominated, tend to come from slightly better sites more warmth, more ripening potential, hence more alcohol. From here, we then start looking at the commune wines. So these are wines from specific areas and a lot of focus in these communes are actually on specific chateaus thanks to the 1855 classification. Here we're talking specifically left bank and even more specifically thinking about the Medoc area. That's going to be our focus for a lot of this podcast. So in 1855, there was a classification made of the best wines according to their market value. And these classified certain growths, aka chateaus, and put them into an order from best to least according to how much money they could command on the market. And this gives us the classification for this Medoc area of the left bank of Bordeaux. What it's really important to understand about this Medoc classification is that it is fixed. It never changes. It has been this way since 1855. It is staying this way. So we have a series of chateaus that command very high prices still because of this original classification. Now, obviously, the chateaus vary in size and you can see some variation in quality here. This is not a quality classification. It is just based on this original market value. 
Because of this and this understanding, and because this classification is fixed, new chateaus can't take advantage of it. As a result, we have an additional classification here of cru bourgeois. This was added later to give these newer chateaus, those who weren't able to capitalize on the original classification, the opportunity to have a designation on their label that indicates that they too have very high quality wines. It's worth noting that within this 1855 classification, there are also the sweet wines of Sauterne, which we'll cover in a moment. But let's focus now on these prestigious red wines of the Medoc and Hort Medoc. So it's a moderate maritime climate here with lots of humidity, lots of water and lots of rot. This also leads to lots of vintage variation because it can change throughout the year. Now, the focus in the Medoc is these red wines. Frost isn't really a problem here. And so you do get ripening late into the season, right into October which is really important because the focus in the Medoc and Hort Medoc is Cabernet Sauvignon that needs warmth to ripen and also needs specific conditions to continue ripening. However, one of the key issues here, again related to water actually, is that spring rains can disrupt flowering and fruit set and summer storms often damage or dilute fruit. So canopy management is really important in this area for air circulation. Now, one of the reasons that the left bank of Bordeaux for the red wines is a little bit more focused on Cabernet Sauvignon is because of the soils here. We see a lot of gravel and stone allowing free drainage, meaning the roots are not sitting in water. Also, gravel soils warm up and stay warm throughout the season, like I say, into this late ripening period, allowing for long ripening for Cabernet Sauvignon. Key communes that you need to be aware of in this area are Saint-Estephe, Pouillac, Saint-Julien and Margot, all of which have this high percentage of Cabernet Sauvignon in the blend, lots of sharp blackcurrant fruit and lots of oak aging. We're right at the limits of Cabernet Sauvignon ripening here, so the tannins can be really aggressive, very high and high sharp acidity. So oak is used a lot and you get lots of cedar, spice, clove, and nutmeg. And one of the reasons it's used is to soften this tannin and acidity. You often see new oak to add very intense concentrated flavors. These are wines designed to have complexity and intensity so that they can withstand long aging periods. Heading a little bit south from this Medoc and Hort Medoc area, you come into Grave. Now again, high levels of gravel soils here, easy to remember, Grave, gravel. Uh, and here we have both red and white wines. And although the white wines that might be made in the Medoc would just be labeled as Bordeaux Appalachian, in Grave you actually have Appalachians for white wines, one of the most famous being Pessat Leonyang this commune area that produces dry Sauvignon Blanc Semillon blends, often with oak use, with the Semillon giving body and richness and weight, being able to withstand oak as it is not aromatic, Sauvignon Blanc giving flowers, aromatics and acidity to help with potential aging here. There are, however, Cabernet Sauvignon based blends in Pessant Yang as well. This area obviously with this gravel soil very suited to Cabernet Sauvignon but here they tend to be a little bit lighter bodied and more fragrant more floral than the Hort Medoc reds. 
In the bigger area of Grave, we have a slightly higher Merlot percentage in the blend often, giving slightly less concentrated and complex wines with more of this soft, fruity character rounding out the tannins and acidity. Much more focus on black plums and black berries than black currant. And quite often, fresh, unoaked Sauvignon Blanc wines. A little bit further south into this Grave area as you're heading Along the river, we come to Barsac, which is an area dominated by Semillon. It lies within the Appellation of Sauterne, and so often the grapes here in the best years are put into the Sauterne sweet wines, but can also be labelled as Barsac. Semillon dominating the blend here because of its susceptibility to botrytis, and this is where we really begin to see uh, noble rot coming into the wines. And then our final stop here, Sauterne, actually the home to not only sweet wines but also dry wines, although the dry wines are more likely to be labelled under the generic Bordeaux Appellation. It's the sweet wines that really command prestige here. Again, this blend of Semillon and Sauvignon, but often also with Muscadel, which is this exotic perfumed grape that enhances the aromatics of Sauvignon. They tend to be high alcohol, sweet but balanced with this very high acidity coming from Sauvignon Blanc, with lots of apricot, citrus peel, these real bitter orange marmalade and saffron characters you get from Sauternes, and lots of toast, oak, smoke, vanilla from new oak use. These are sweet wines that are designed for strong amounts of aging. Thinking about key factors natural and human that are in play in the left bank of Bordeaux for those exams. So really thinking about grape varieties, why we might blend here. And this is all tied into both the conditions for grape growing, the climate throughout the year, and obviously the actual varieties themselves and what they add to blends. You will quite often get questions asking about why Cabernet might be blended with Merlot here or why Merlot might be blended with Cabernet. And in connection to that, why we see lots of new oak use and lots of aging in Bordeaux wines. It's really about being able to tie all of these factors together, natural factors in the vineyard, human factors in the winery, and connecting that to the grape varieties used and then the style of the wine. And in addition to that, you might find questions about differences in style between Bordeaux Appellation or Bordeaux Superior wines and the actual commune or chateau, these crew wines. Looking for you to make this connection between Merlot dominating in the blend, being easier to grow, therefore producing these light, fruity, uh, red and black fruited, simple Bordeaux Appellation wines in comparison to much more concentrated, intense wines, being able to take that gamble to use higher percentages of Cabernet Sauvignon in the blend. This is really one of the key questions that often gets asked. And it's trying to make these connections between the factors in the vineyard, the factors in the winery and the style of wine produced, and therefore the Appellation with which it will be labelled. This is a theme we will continue to talk about in the next episode when we tackle the right bank of Bordeaux and Entrée de Mer. The right bank of Bordeaux and Entrée de Mer map. In the last couple of episodes, we've been looking broadly at Bordeaux and then focusing on the left bank of Bordeaux, where we tend to see Cabernet Sauvignon dominated wines. 
we also took a little bit of a dive into the Appalachian system there. In this podcast, we're going to focus on the right bank Bordeaux wines, which are the red wines that are dominated by Merlot rather than Cabernet in the blend. We're also going to look at Entre de Meur. Let's start by looking at the Appalachian system here, because it is different to that that we find in the left bank. Here, the Appalachian system is based upon Grand Cru's, and the chateaus can be ranked in the Saint-Emilion classification. Now, the Saint-Emilion classification differs from the classification in the Medoc, because it is a classification that is updated roughly every 10 years. And within this, chateaus can be promoted or demoted up and down the Appalachian Grand Cru pyramid. For example, taking Grand Cru, Grand Cru Class A, Premier Grand Cru Class B, or Premier Grand Cru Class A. This is quite an exciting system because of this constant updating and reclassification, and it does tend to mean that it's slightly more focused on quality because each of the wines is tasted blind and then classified. So speaking of Saint-Emilion, this Appalachian on the right bank Bordeaux, let's take a little look in more detail about what makes Saint-Emilion so special. It's Merlot dominated here because it tends to be too cool for Cabernet Sauvignon to ripen successfully. Now you do see Cabernet Sauvignon in the blend, but you will also see Cabernet Franc, which is a little bit easier to ripen in this area. One of the reasons that we see a high dominance of Merlot is the soils here. We have a real mix with small pockets of gravel, where you tend to find the small plantings of Cabernet Sauvignon, but also then with clay limestone escarpments and sandy soils on the plains. So these are soils that are a lot cooler, take longer to warm up, a lot more dense, particularly when you come to the clay, and therefore harder to keep warm, so much more suited to the easier ripening grapes of Merlot. As a result, the wines from Saint-Emilion in general tend to only have medium to high tannins, medium to high acidity, and both red berry and blackberry flavours, often taking notes of tobacco and cedar, and tend to be softer and more fruity than the wines of the left bank. Also classically ready for drinking younger, so less ageing needed here to integrate the wines. Nearby to the Appalachian of Saint-Emilion, we have Pomerol. This is an area that is really well known for rich, spicy, blackberry-fruited wines of great character. They're full-bodied, ripe, and made in relatively limited quantities. There's lots of small plots of land here, so it's not large vineyards. There's also lots of high production costs. It's more difficult here. Also around this region, you have smaller appellations of the Blaye Côte de Bordeaux, Franc Côte de Bordeaux, and Castillon Côte de Bordeaux. So these Côte de Bordeaux wines tend to be dominated by Merlot, fruitier, much more similar to a Bordeaux Supérieur than, for example, a Pomerol or a Saint-Emilion. Across the Appalachian, so the other side of Entre de Mer near the River Garonne, we have also Cariac, which is another Côte de Bordeaux in a similar style just across the river. All of these Côte de Bordeaux wines, I find, offer great value for money with Merlot-based blends. Really a little bit more intensity and richness than Bordeaux Superior or Bordeaux Appalachian, but without the price tag of the other Bordeaux wines. Finally, let's discuss Entrée de Mer. This is an Appalachian which is literally between the seas, 
and sits between the two rivers of the Garonne and Dordogne, in this kind of central area where the Gironde estuary splits. Now here, it's really well known for white wines, because the red wines from this area can only be labelled with the Appellation name of Bordeaux Appellation. If you see Entrée de Mer wines, these are going to be dry wines from Sauvignon Blanc and occasionally some Semillon, fresh, fruity and light. Finally, before we wrap up, just a couple of notes on key things to be considering when we talk about the right bank. Again, really this focus on soil type here and its impact on grapes, what you can grow and their ability to ripen. You may well get questions about style for the comparison between a Santemilion or Pomerol wine and those of the communes of the left bank. So Margot or Poyac, for example. And really you're trying to think here about soil impact, percentage of particular grapes in the blend, etc. Common questions often include a picture of a label from either a right bank or left bank appellation and the need to discuss the style of the wine using a systematic approach to tasting note. Uh, so using the correct terminology of WSET and then a discussion about why there is this style. So you could be talking about the natural factors of soils, which lead to grape choices. You could then be talking about grape choices and the connection to winemaking. So use of new oak or less use of oak, depending on the grape varieties, etc. Join me next time. Other Appalachians in Southwest France. Thanks for listening to this episode of Italian Wine Podcast, brought to you by Vinitali Academy, home of the gold standard of Italian wine education. Do you want to be the next ambassador? Apply online at vinitaliinternational.com for courses in London, Austria, and Hong Kong, the 27th to the 29th of July. Remember to subscribe and like Italian Wine Podcast and catch us on SoundCloud, Spotify, and wherever you get your pods. You can also find our entire back catalog of episodes at italianwinepodcast.com. guys, I'm Joy Livingston and I am the producer of the Italian Wine Podcast. Thank you for listening. We are the only wine podcast that has been doing a daily show since the pandemic began. This is a labor of love and we are committed to bringing you free content every day. Of course, this takes time and effort, not to mention the cost of equipment, production and editing. We would be grateful for your donations, suggestions, requests and ideas. For more information on how to get in touch, go to italianwinepodcast.com.